Coming up on episode 20, David gets a pop banger hiatus. Finally, verse chorus first up. Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse. With me is Sven, the sweet southern bluegrass Knutson. Sven, how are you tonight? Uh, I am pretty damn good. I think, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll talk more about why I have a shot in front of me. Damn straight we will. I actually got all fancy like you fancy folks. You made a cocktail. I had to make a drink all by myself. Wow. I put stuff in a glass and it's all together. You're jumping way far ahead. You apparently really want to drink tonight because you're already at the what are we drinking tonight I, phase. You know. You must have really wanted a drink. Well, I mean, <laughs> my week has gone like a country song, man. I started off Monday, my truck died. Uh, my kid got his stitches out of his nose. Your dog's okay, right? And then, well, <laughs> oh. he, he's, I mean, he's like 13, so he can't get up the stairs too good. God damn, that is like a country song. <laughs> Hence the liquor. Right. Well, yeah, if anybody needs yeah. a drink, it's you. And good music. Exactly. Speaking of good music, I want to talk real quick about what everyone heard mm-hmm. in the intro. Today, you heard music from a band called The Blinds. This is a very young man band out of Westchester, New York, maybe more chipper post-punk. Sven, do you remember a band called Lola Ray? Yeah, (laughs) I do remember Lola Ray. Like a tiger. Yes, yes. So these guys (laughs) remind me of them a lot. And Lola Ray was from the underground Hmm. New York circuit too. The song that you heard on the intro was Last Forever. Uh, We're going to play a couple more songs from them. Uh, Good stuff. You can find them on Spotify, do their link tree there, do the band camp, all that. The Blinds out of New York. That's them. Thank you very much for letting us play your music. Happy to do it. Hope we get you a couple of downloads. We're here. Episode 20. Good old fashioned review. One more again. How do we hit 20 already? Holy. Oh, it's it's just going to keep going. Well, I mean, I know how numbers work, but Mm -hmm. in relation to the time that we've been doing this, how are we already at this number? That's nuts. It is crazy. We are. It's like we do one of these a week or something. It is. And people are still listening. What the hell is wrong with you people? More people. Or right. Where our audience is growing. In the UK, shout out to. Okay. Shout out to the UK. And Kazakhstan. And Kazakhstan. I don't know why Kazakhstan likes us. I like. <laughs> Let's not start doing the. Maybe they like us because no. we're the only podcast that doesn't mimic Borat. So <laughs> let's. Yeah. I just f that up. <laughs> Keep listening and thank you from across the pond. The Brits are enjoying it, which I like quite a bit. Let's go to the most important part of the night. What are we ah. drinking? Sven, I'm going to go to you first. You, as stated, actually have a cocktail tonight. Oh my God. OMG. I did. It definitely just looks like piss in a glass, but. Kind of looks like Gatorade. It's not. Okay. So I'm a fan of whiskey sour. It's my favorite drink. Yes. So, okay. Now, I do something a little bit different with mine. Actually, I don't know how different it is. So you tell me. You know more about cocktails and what people put in stuff. Instead of just simple syrup, I make my simple syrup with not just sugar. I like a little maple okay. syrup in my simple yeah. syrup. 
So this has a little maple in it. It's a little more caramely. Yeah. yeah. Something about it. No, that anyway, sounds good. That and the way it bounces with the lemon and everything. What whiskey did you use? This is a Maker's. Oh, yum. Kind of tied in with the shot I have in front of me. Well, we'll get to that. We will. You've got Maker's Mark. You've got Simple Syrup. And then is it just lemon? Yeah, yeah, lemon. I mean, so my sour mix is, yeah, the Simple Syrup with lemon juice. And then I I garnish with an orange just for giggles. So you kind of old-fashionize your whiskey sour. Yeah. I like it. I might try that. I am drinking what they are calling these days a palomina. Mm. I was at an amazing seafood restaurant called Other Mamas in Vegas last week. And I discovered this cocktail there. I am two in. This did have a rimmed. Actually, they rimmed it with Old Bay seasoning. Oh, what? It's partita tequila reposado. Grenadine, which I made my own grenadine, which I did pomegranate molasses and then pomegranate juice and sugar, that sort of stuff. So they called for lime, but I used lemon Mm -hmm. and I actually like it a lot with lemon and then a dash of squirt soda. Oh, that sounds... It is With the old day on the rim. Yeah. It kind of adds some spice and... This sounds like it might be really good if you're like eating some seafood, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, And shout out to that place because their seafood was amazing. So that's what I am drinking. Oh, and I had never had Partida tequila. Their Reposado is very good. So make note of that world. And other than those two drinks, we are drinking a shot tonight. Yes. As we have done a few times on the show before. Today, actually on recording day, is the would-be birthday of one Anthony Bourdain, yes. a legend. Legend. Who yeah. I think, I know that I am completely obsessed with, and I think you are too, right? Yeah. Awesome author. A writing style that I really love. That, I mean, because it's a lot like anything you've ever watched him do on TV, yes. I feel like. Yeah. But I've been a Bourdain fan for decades, like at least 15 years, if I think really, really far back. I think I discovered the world of Anthony Bourdain about 15, maybe even 20 years ago. I was I was pretty young. Uh, he had so many shows way before Parts Unknown. Like yeah. He was doing No Reservations, yeah. and he was doing The Layover, yeah. and... There was a show before that too. And that and that's after he was real big just for the awesome book he came out with. Yeah, I think I got into him when he started doing the No Reservations. Yeah. I love how he wasn't just a chef. He wasn't just like a guy that showed you how to cook or talked only about cooking. It was so much about culture, lifestyle, what the local scene was like. Um, he learned. He, yeah. he never saw him showing, here's what I do, here's what I can do, or this is what I know. Every single episode was him saying, you show me, you show me. Yeah. Which, yeah. especially in Hollywood life or fame, there's not a lot of people like that. And then he would tie it back, too, just in, in his own commentary, tie it back to lessons he learned in kitchens as he was you know, cutting his teeth or you know, working his way through the culinary world. He's huge in the culinary world, but I think just culturally and in the travel world. And the and, music and, world. Yeah. Yeah. Parts Unknown, he had amazing... I remember the episode, and I'm sorry off the top of my head, I don't remember what episode it was, but he hangs out with Jack White. Yeah. He, it's probably a Nashville one or something like that, but that dude loved music. He talked about it all the time, so 
he's the sort of dude that could have come on this show and shot the shit with us for oh my god that would a couple hours and that whoo yeah so what are you shooting in honor of anthony bourdain i've got makers and i don't know why to me maybe it was because at some point in time he took a shot of makers in some episode i am sure he did in my head (laughs) he shot everything (laughs) so i am in great verse course verse tradition i am just keeping with my Hennessy. That's my special shot basically forever on this show. Let's take one to Anthony Bourdain, who would have been 65 today. Sven, let's take a shot to Anthony Bourdain. Let's do it. Skull. (laughs) Prost. That burns so good. We are going to get into our reviews after a break. We will be right back. For this week, I switched it up on David. Went with something that's a little more from, at least from my heart, the Avett Brothers, Magpie and the Dandelion. So he's got a group on me. It was just one night, but she blew me away. Magpie and the Dandelion by the Avett Brothers. Before I do that, we have to say that the song that you just heard coming in from the break is Zoe. Once again, that is the blinds, the new york band that we are playing today check them out please and thank you magpie and the dandelion a a drastic change (laughs) from what i've been given the last few weeks although we did get to do corn last week which was a great reprieve as well so i I feel kind of lucky it's been a couple weeks in a row magpie and the dandelion by the avid brothers released in 2013 it took me a total of about three seconds to realize why i think you like this a lot because the first thing I saw was that it was produced by Rick Rubin. (laughs) Who is a legend. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, Rick Rubin is the Oprah of producers. Like anything he touches (laughs) is just fucking gold. That's totally true. And I'm jealous of his beard and hair. I don't know. I mean, like like Gandalf. But he's worked with everybody. Every every hip hop person you can think of from LL Cool J to Jay-Z Anybody who's anybody all has pop all over mainstream. Yeah, it's just so weird. If you look at him, you would not peg him for someone that would do an album with Jay Z or which. I mean, have you, look you at- heard the Jay Z album Magna Carta Holy Grail? He did that one with Jay Z. Like they just basically hung out in a big house studio thing for a couple months. How everything's made now? Pretty much. Yeah, I loved that album. That anyway, we don't need to go on about. Rick no. Rubin, everybody. If you don't know who he is, a quick Google search and you'll see that he's worked yeah. with everybody. It almost kind of begs the question of how the Avett brothers got him. Right. Avett brothers are out of Concord, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Charlotte, which I lived in for about 
two and a half years in, in Concord. Yeah. So I'm basically brothers to these guys. You're like neighbors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You barbecued probably. And Concord is so not a, Charlotte's amazing. I love Charlotte, but Concord is much more of a, it's pretty much where all the mini marts are built for people from Charlotte to go to. (laughs) Charlotte's where all the cool stuff is. Concord is where the Applebee's is. Yeah. Like the strip malls and like the cookie cutter. Yeah. This is their eighth album. Mm -hmm. Had you known them for a long time? I hadn't actually. I think this was maybe the first album I really started. I'd heard of them and maybe heard a song or two, but this was the first album I really actually consciously was like, I want to listen to Avett Brothers. I was going through a phase where I was really into a lot of bluegrass, Mm -hmm. but they aren't, I don't consider them a bluegrass band, even though instrumentally... And like vocally, some of their harmonies, the the way that they write, the way they sing, harmony vocals, things like that, shares so much in common with bluegrass tradition and folk music. They're a little more, I'm not saying that, so I liked this album, I'll say that right up front. It does have a little bit more, this album anyway, I haven't heard any of their other stuff, a little more pop country yeah. in it. Yeah. Just a dab. And may- maybe that's Rick Rubin, you know, saying, hey, this is well-produced stuff. I think just in general, their their whole style, it's like they write pop hits using traditional and folk instrumentation and vocal harmonies. So it's like banjos and cello instead of... And yeah, guitars. I got and, you. and yeah, they just intrigue me. They interest me to that level where I feel like they cross uh, multiple genres and mm-hmm. I just, I wish that I was friends with them so I could hang out and play music in their living room or something. When you have instruments like cello, like banjo, the specific drums that they're using, you expect a certain amount of complexity, but this album is very simple. Yeah. I gave you an album that we're going to do in a couple episodes that I would compare to this in the form that it's an incredibly easy listen. I'm not saying that that's good or bad. It's just this one is about as generic new age folk as you can get. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at a beer festival in the summer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's a good sound. It's something that no matter who's over at your house, if you're having a barbecue, you're going to turn this sort of thing on and everybody's just going to be enjoying themselves, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they, there's some personal stories. I, I think the way that they tell stories is really interesting. I think another thing that really got me into them, I think I saw an interview, or maybe it was an NPR Tiny Desk concert, something where they got an opportunity to really kind of talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. their music. Just the way that they put life experience into their art, where sometimes it's, it's very, like, literal, but other times it's, I don't know, they take concepts and find a really neat way to package them up in a song. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what that's what good songwriting is. I mean, it's not not, yeah. not, not unique to them, but I, it's the way they do it just really hits. It sits just right. That's a good way to put it is it sits just right. To me, it's nice. It's just nice. And that's most of the album. It's not great. It's not revolutionary. It's not going to wow you. It's just nice. And honestly, I think that's what they're going for. I think they just want to make music that's going to make people happy to be around. Yeah. It's like Ben Folds, but a little more... North Carolina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because Ben Folds is actually from North Carolina, but <laughs> this is refreshing to me because what I hear a lot of nowadays as far as folk is more the Lumineers type of stuff, which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I much prefer this sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to say there's more soul in it, but I enjoy the classic sound a little less of the 
icky thump that you get from yeah. the hundreds of bands that are doing all that stuff right now. Like the Mumford and Sons and the like everyone just doing the kick drum just boom. I boom, think that's what boom, happened. Boom, is I think boom, Mumford boom, and Sons boom. became yeah. the biggest band in the world and then everybody was like, "Oh, okay, we need to do that." Yeah. We just talked about Corn in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of that happened with Munford and Sons. Yeah. Everyone that wanted to be anywhere close to the folk world then started doing the the whole Munford and Sons thing. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate the Aviat Brothers. I feel like just kind of stuck with what they do. The songs like Never Been Alive. Mm -hmm. It's kind of got the 60s thing going on. Okay. So stick with me on this. This is kind of like Crosby, Stills, and Nash meets Weezer. When I say Weezer, I'm thinking... If you know Pinkerton really well, the softer parts of Pinkerton, like more towards the later part of the album where they really slow down. But then it's also got this kind of dirty 60s, beautiful harmonization. And there's even a little bit of the Rolling Stones, White Horses kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot of that sort of stuff in it. I've been kind of following them since 2013. And this is still one of my favorites, I think. What actually got me, I, I do remember, it, the second song on the album, Morning Song, towards the end of the song, there's a chorus that you can hear like a whole bunch of people kind of join in on, kind of yes, like, like the crowd yes. sings along kind of a thing. If you look at the credits, there's a bunch of people with the last name Avit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they just got all their family to, um, but to... They had an aunt that was literally, I think, on her deathbed, and they actually got her to sing before she passed like got her to sing on this track that's really cool it's just like stuff like that like a your family obviously supports you i don't know and then the the fact that the song ties in really well with this the cycle of life and i like that and i think that's what you're going to get with folk music yeah which you're also going to get the other band sounds like i was talking about with crosby stills and nash or rolling stones or even the yeah. song good to you has this very very norwegian wood thing mm-hmm. going on yeah. and do you know amy man i don't so there is a song another is waiting and it reminds me very much of amy man who's an amazing songwriter any of you out there if you haven't heard the song save me by amy mann pause this podcast go and listen to it right now it is one of the coolest songs you'll ever hear and this reminds me of it so there's that do you remember the song why i don't believe in god by everclear from so much for the afterglow towards the end where there's the banjo going on and that sort of thing okay i heard that And then, of course, to top it all off, they have the full banjo strumming and these nasally tones that they sing, Mm -hmm. which reminds me a lot of Kermit the Frog. (laughs) So all these influences, which... Did you catch the Red Hot Chili Peppers credit on their album? No. Chad Smith drums on track two. No kidding. Yeah, he's the drummer for Morning Song. And then um, on the opening track, there's a little harmonica. And Chad does that? No, that's G-Love. From G Love and Special Sauce. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was kind of interesting. Those two, like, like most random. How do you know them, and how did they come play on your record? Yeah. I love that sort of stuff about (laughs) folk music, and I also this is kind of like Rubble Bucket. I'm not at all saying that these songs are copying these songs. That's not at all what I'm saying. With folk music, the chords are so simple. Oh, yeah. And the structures of the songs are so simple that you're going to sound like other songs a lot. You'll hear the, oh, the yeah. certain vocals yeah, that just yeah. go well with certain chords and a banjo. It's, you know, oh, that's the same note that 
John Lennon hit here. And it's just what happens when you're writing good, simple music. I mean, I think it happens across like even complex music. It's just that most of us don't pick up on it because it's so complex. But yeah, unless you're playing like a Harry Parch instrument, which is custom tuned to a (laughs) custom like microtonal scale. For those of you that don't know what he's talking about, you'll learn in the next episode. You will. Yeah. Stay tuned because your your head will explode. You've got 12 12 notes. Mm -hmm. And out of those 12 notes, two of them repeat like Note one and note 12 are the same damn note, just an octave apart. So you've really got 11 unique options. Yes. And some of them are just not, they're going to just be way too yeah, dissonant. So there's only a certain amount of them that you can put together before you've done what exactly other people have done in that order. I really don't have much else to say about this album. It is yeah. a nice album. It's incredibly pleasant and... It cannot be overstated that it's the summer right now. Have some people over for a barbecue. Make some palominas oh, yeah. in a pitcher. Just... Turn this on and everybody's yeah. going to love it. Yeah, this is good backyard hanging out music. Let's go into awards and categories. I do have an Amazon review. Yes! So how familiar are you with their works besides this album? Works after this album, familiar. Before this, less less familiar. Not so much. Not That's so why much. I wanted to read this one is because this is what this kind of douchey gentleman has to say. But I guess I can get this. His name is Bronson Wagner, and he titled this... Bronson? Bronson. I'm yeah. Right away. I used mm-hmm. to love the Avett brothers. It's kind of a sad little love letter. I have a feeling this is all about how like now they're popular, so he hates them. I think them you're right. Because it's other people much... like... like I liked it because no one else liked yeah. it. I can't share But now that Rick Rubin's producing it. With the rest it. of the world. So here it is. People, yeah. Guys, I miss you. What happened? We all stray. Then one day we realize our roots are not really that bad. Go back home. You hooked me on WCBE, which I guess is an WCBE. initials of an album of theirs. like a radio call sign. Oh, maybe. Yeah, okay. This is where I feel like I feel ashamed that I don't know more about uh, Avett Brothers' history. Because You're not supposed to. You're just I, supposed to know this album, and you do. So that's Bronson. Bronson album? thinks that they sold out, basically, I think is, is what he's saying. Influences and influencees. We, we pretty much, I went through this already. And, and honestly, yeah. when you're doing folk, it's anybody that was folk. It's anybody from Dylan yeah. to... How cool is Ma- it that their bass player is actually a cello player who also sometimes plays bass, but also just plays cello and sometimes it's acoustic and says... And he stands yes. up with the damn thing. How many other standing cello players do you get to... Holy crap. I did see that in my research. There is this really cool interview with them or something like that. And he... When they went to him to talk to him, all he talked about was how amazingly blessed he felt that he was a cello player that got to be in an actual band. And he's just just the happiest dude in the world. I'll say, if you play the cello, I'm in. I don't play it. I mean, we're pretty good at string instruments, both of us, but I don't have a cello. There's something about bowing between your legs that's weird, though. See, I was going to say that it automatically makes me have a crush on the female that's playing it but now that you said that that makes me sound like a perv so i can't i can't say that uh, brings a whole new meaning to bow-legged fine wine or skunk beer award this is one of those albums that we talked about a lot it's kind mm-hmm. of 50 50 the people that like this sort of stuff mm-hmm. are always going to like it and the people yeah. that don't aren't yeah i'm one of the people that will 
never mind the Bullocks Award. This is the only record that I've heard. Is this your favorite uh, Avett Brothers is, album? It is. I, I wouldn't say by far. Oh, what's the name of the one that they came out with? The most recent one that was like a year or two ago. Shit. Yeah, they have they, 13 <laughs> albums. Way too many. The True Sadness. The true, okay, that's like my runner-up. Gotcha. John Paul Jones Award. I want Amy Mann on this album. That is my John Paul Jones Sweet. Award. I want Amy Mann to <laughs> sing. I want Dr. Dre on this album, but... <laughs> Do you have a John Paul Jones? Is that yours, Dr. I Dre? mean, like, I'd say Rick Rubin if he wasn't already a part of this shit, but seriously, I, I don't think I have anyone that I would add. Let's do the John Popper Award now. Do you have a hook? Oh, yeah, Morning Song. It's um, the whole have to hmm. find a melody alone. But, That's good. Yeah. I love the chorus of Part From Me. Yeah. That is a really, really beautiful chorus. I also like, there is this very the breakdown in vanity uh-huh. of these minor builds really 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 fucking cool i could listen to that over and over and over eddie van halen award anytime he is bowing the cello right. it brings this whole other layer to it that makes it that much more magnificent yeah i Do totally have- agree with that I, I don't know that i have a, a best solo but i agree with what you say surfer rosa award I don't think it is. I was picking spots all the way through this album. It's incredibly sporadic, the songs that I like and don't like. It's, you know, like one in the beginning, a few in the middle, a few at the end. It's, I I wasn't spotting any. Do you think so? Maybe slightly more on the top side, but not enough to say that this is top heavy. It's all good. Gotcha. Do you have a time of your life award? I don't. Don't put any of them in that category. Fucking spend. Yeah. Mine is good to you. Wow. Good to you is boring as shit to me. And it's whiny. See, it's I... The, I didn't go to a wedding and now you're mad and I didn't know you'd care and some guy's a jerk. Just shut thought the fuck you would up. like... Really? No. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I'm not a huge fan of the... And I think this is just where I'm... You and I are very different. <laughs> the live song on it. Uh-huh. I don't get why they picked their most boring song to make the live track. You would think they would want one of their more boisterous songs as the live track that they're putting on the album. I, I absolutely have no idea why either, but I, I just have a feeling it has, the, I don't know, the live captures a certain energy that I think adds to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if that was just a studio version of that song, I think uh, you might find it even more boring. True. Three best songs on the album. I'll go first. I'm not going to delve into all of them because I'm going to say the same thing about all these. Their hooks are great. The instrumentals in it are beautiful. And the notes that they chose for the vocals just fit the music perfectly. So my number three is Part From Me. My number two is Bring Your Love To Me. And number one is Another Is Waiting. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All three of those I very much love. All three of those will be on playlists of mine for a really long time. My three, uh, number three, is actually, it's, it's part from me. That hey, was your third, yeah. right? You put matchy, that matchy. Wow, same Z's. My number two is Open Ended Life, the very first track, and my favorite mm-hmm. is Morning Song. All right. Who won the album, Sven? G love because he got to play harmonica. Got on to this. harmonica it up. <laughs> um, I think rock music won because this brought a little more folk 
back into the mainstream mm-hmm. rock world and i think that anytime that that happens just even if even if it goes unnoticed by a lot i think it's always a good thing to just make sure that it stays on the radar and okay i have a question for you to ask there is a hat that is very popular nowadays it's like this fake cowboy hat that beck wore it during his morning phase phase and then every hipster chick wore it afterwards I want to say that it's called a festival hat. Probably seen at a lot of music festivals. But you have you don't know the name of it or anything? I don't know what it would be called. No. People that wear those hats won this album. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the non-cowboy <laughs> cowboy hat people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if the cowboy hat didn't curl up on the sides. Almost like a Canadian Mountie hat yeah. a little bit. Everybody out there knows the exact hat I'm talking about. Those people won this album this is very much uh let's get dressed up in our gypsy hipster gear yeah and go to the summer festival sven rate this album i'm gonna give this a I, you know what shocker we're gonna go on a scale of 10 are you ready for this yeah eight and a half out of 10 okay <laughs> you scared me i thought you were gonna give it a 10 out of 10 i was gonna quit <laughs> it's an eight and a half out of 10 i love it a lot i can't give it a nine because I love it, but I don't love it. <laughs> this is a extremely likable, not lovable album, I think. I gave it 7 out of 10 beer tokens at a beer nice. festival. It's the perfect outdoor festival music. And no more, no less. I don't think that they wanted more. So for that, I applaud them. I think they made the album that they wanted to make which is awesome. Yeah. All right. That is our review of Magpie and the Dandelion by the Avett Brothers. Thank you, Sven, for giving this to me. Yeah. I enjoyed this album. It was a nice change of pace. I appreciate it. Awesome. We're going to take a quick break. While we're taking that quick break, you're going to listen to a song called Tell Me What You See by The Blinds. The New York band we have talked oh so much about today. Once again, thanks for letting us play your music. We are happy to do it. Spotify, Linktree, you'll find them. Just go look up the blinds Blinds. and pay a couple bucks for their album. Why not? The new Lola Ray, ladies and gentlemen, the blinds, which (laughs) we need to listen to some Lola Ray. Let's do a Lola Ray episode. Yeah, I liked that album. Yeah, we can we can double it up with Pepper. Okay. If you even remember the band Pepper, you might oh, not. Why don't you have some dirty hot sex? Why with me? don't yes, you? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Just give it up for free. <laughs> you're welcome, the blinds. We will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you enjoyed Tell Me What You See by The Blinds. This week, I gave Sven Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Damn. All right, so well, let me start off by digging myself into a hole and then seeing oh. if I can spend the rest of the time digging myself out of it. Okay. Dude has the most annoying freaking voice ever. I I can see Maybe not where ever. People would think that. Maybe not He ever. does not have a traditional rapper's he voice doesn't. 
at all. As far as like scale of like annoying voices in music, he's right up there with Dave Matthews. But but you love Dave Matthews. I, I do. It doesn't mean yeah. It, just because I think they've got an annoying voice doesn't mean I don't I can't love them. I completely get what you're saying, and there are multiple bands that I have felt yeah. that way about. That at the first time I heard their voice, it's like what the <laughs> fuck is that? I remember the first time I heard a Stroke song. Oh. And I was wondering, what is he doing with his vocals? He's got this weird kind of lazy, distorted thing on this song. And then the next song is the exact same. And I was like, wait, (laughs) this is just, this is just what they do. And then third song, I was like, oh, you know what? It works. This is fucking cool. (laughs) I'm just going to have another beer because it works. That's that's the hole I'm going to put myself in. And then to dig myself out of it, I actually to dig myself a little bit. I didn't. Track one, Blood, it's like a almost two-minute track. I don't know. I made it about like a minute into it, and then... Oh, you didn't listen to the story? I think overall, I probably got the entire thing in like multiple listens. Did you hear the end, though? Maybe maybe I skipped like... maybe I, You heard the when he has the Fox News commentator talking, right? Oh, shit. Oh, my God, Spend. It's the, one of the coolest parts of the whole fucking album. What did he fucking put at the end of the most boring shit ever to listen to? Okay, maybe it wasn't yeah, boring, it's but a, it was... He gets done, and then you hear this gunshot, and then all of a sudden you hear this Fox News reporter quoting a Lamar song saying, like, and the popo want to kill us in the street faux show. And then you hear this white blonde being like, oh, oh, I don't like that. And then it kicks into DNA. DNA. <laughs> yeah. DNA hits hard. So hard. Holy shit. I, I guess I skipped the second half of blood and then i thought i at the time i thought i was so glad i skipped because like dna comes in and i'm like holy shit (laughs) all right that fox commentator going into dna is one of the coolest fucking intros i've ever heard well i just yeah all right well (laughs) roast me on instagram all you listeners because i just effed up this from the get-go just effed up this review I don't know redemption that like dna grabbed me by the ears yeah. and just shook me it's hard and holy shit it gets harder like towards like the, like, the last half of it and i think fuck. i put this in my awards and categories somewhere but in the second verse when he starts in and he and this is another thing i'm gonna do is i'm gonna cite a lot of lyrics on this one because i he's fucking brilliant do it. but when he kicks in with the tell me something you motherfuckers can't tell me nothing i'd rather die than to listen to you that beat reverses and it almost sounds like it's going against him. Yeah. I love it when lyrics and the instrumental production line up in ways you'll catch it if you're looking for it or if you're paying attention to it or if yeah, it's like these subtle little things that you could almost say is like an accidental, but he has a pretty long history with Fox, Fox. News, particularly Geraldo Rivera, who I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The subject matter of this album that he and inf- blamed him for a lot of mm-hmm. black youth issues, which he took personally, because if you really pay attention to his lyrics, he cares so much and he's so intelligent. Yeah, that's a theme that is pretty constantly resurfacing throughout this album we might turn this into a political podcast um in the next 20 minutes here which with this sort of thing i'm fine with because we we already touched on this with nwa Mm -hmm. to me this isn't political if you can't embrace the fact 
that there are issues that black people have in this country that people like us don't have, then you're missing the plot. And I'm, I don't have a problem with saying that. No, not. I honestly, and I don't think the type of people that listen to our sort of podcast are going to stop listening because we say that. I I, I would hope not. And if, if, if so, then I I don't really, it's no, yeah, no (laughs) chip off my shoulder. I'm not going to cry about that. (laughs) This album is packed full of, commentary observations perspective all related to how our society treats and positions and places black people in america i think one of my favorite lyrics this is jumping way down towards all like the end of the album ain't no black power when your baby killed by a coward and that's on triple x the the one that features some youtube and then he goes all into like gun control like the whole second half of it right very first line throw a stake off the ark to a pool full of sharks and he'll take it yes it's an entire metaphor for people in poverty acting out of course crime is going to be higher in poverty of course the crime rates are going to be higher with black people i cannot word it any better than he did throw a stake off the ark to a pool full of sharks he'll take it he's smart Yes. I think that's the, the biggest takeaway for me so far. I want to dig dig down into the individual tracks here, but overall, just glossing the whole album, my big takeaway is that he's socially conscious, but also he has a call to action, and I love that. And it's a call to action, I think, I mean, not just for black people. When he's speaking to an audience, I, I feel like that's kind of who he's speaking to, but also knowing there's so many of us bystanders outside of that community that will definitely come into contact and listen to what he has to say. He touches on it later on in the album as well. There are songs where he talks about, he's not just sick of black people being mistreated. He's sick of black people being racist against white people. He's sick of women being mistreated. He's sick of being judged because he's from Compton. He's sick of being judged because he's Christian or people being judged because they're not. He touches on everything. I appreciate that he lets his faith show a little bit here because I think that a lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially, and this might be because I started really getting into rap in the early 2000s where like every rapper just had to try to be hard. There wasn't any other way about it. You don't talk about faith. You don't talk about the softer things. Yeah. I honestly think that's why Tupac was the most popular rapper ever. He was hard as shit in the world of all the hard people, but he was rapping about all that stuff. You can tell who he is. You can tell where his mind at. You can tell where his heart's at. I'll admit this is in direct contrast to the rap album I gave you (laughs) when I gave you ADHD, (laughs) uh, Joyner Lucas. Conceptually, vocally, storytelling, everything that comes out of Kendrick Lamar's mouth is pretty contrast to that i mean he has that whole song fear about like all the different ways that he could end up dying Mm -hmm. today there's stages to this song i love that it starts with him just being a little kid with his really tough parents that he's he's just in Mm -hmm. fear as a eight-year-old or whatever that anything he does is gonna get his fucking ass beat for it and then he goes to when he's a teenager and he's terrified of being a teenager in Compton. Like, who's going to shoot me? Who's going to be pissed that I did this and, and end up beating the shit mm-hmm. out of me? And then he's rapping about being a black person in America in the 20s. And, you know, which, yeah. how am I going to die here? That's my big takeaway. I mean, production-wise, I, I love the amount of lo-fi. Mm-hmm. 
that's on super this calm, album. laid back um, SoCal. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan of that, and I'm a big fan of the way that he flows over it because he doesn't necessarily always take the laid back mm-hmm. flow. He'll double time some of his syllables, or it, or it brings a little bit of like like old school feel. Yeah, even though he's not as limericky as like an old school rapper, it gives you that kind of nostalgic. It ties in some history, some roots as far as like the sound and the production to it's old enough that you get some of that feeling, right? Yep. Like absolutely um, early early hip hop roots. Particularly in the second side, a lot of the beats are just so classic Compton. They really are. Yeah. It's oh just, my god. Especially when. Uh, sorry, I don't want to skip around and, and mess you up with your. No, do it because I'm I am skipping around myself. When humble so. comes on and it's just that one low fucking <laughs> piano. Doctor Dre much? Exactly. I I tried to look at the credits and like goddamn, there's like every uh, yeah person. There's, Everybody there's so many A and R credits, yeah. just like talent scout credits and management credits. But the two producers, right? Doctor Dre, obviously, I see his fingerprints on certain things. And I don't know so much about Anthony. I don't either. Uh, well, I know a little bit about Top him. Top Dog yeah. Entertainment. He's just the CEO of Top Dog, who was Kendrick Lamar's label, which, I mean, label as in he ended up being under the Universal umbrella or something like that. It was something big because we couldn't get the rights to play his music. By this album, how many is this so for him? So this was his fourth album. But okay. the only other one that was real big that came out before this was To Pimp a Butterfly. So this came out in 2017 and it was his fourth album, his second notable album. Right. To Pimple Butterfly is one that I see brought up as I was doing my research. um, I kept seeing people pulling lyrics and making comments about that. Just in general, when I Google search, just Kendrick Lamar. I, I don't know. There's just like like some tongue-in-cheek stuff that I think is really clever. Maybe not so much like the deep things that he gets into, but just like funny. I don't do it for the gram. I do it for Compton. Is that off of Element? It's off of Element. Yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> Damn. I have a long lyric for that one, but I have to say it because yeah. it's my favorite thing, I think, of this whole album. Do it's it. the, I'm willing to die for this shit. I done cried for this shit. Might take a life for this shit. Uh-huh. Put the Bible down and go eye for an eye for this shit. DOT my enemy won't catch a vibe for this shit. I've been stomped out in front of my mama. My daddy commissary made it to commas. Damn. That fucking paragraph. That's insane. It's so it's all about how he's daddy was in jail. Got his ass whooped in front of his mama. Dad's in jail forever, and like, Lamar's made it, so he's... Commissary gets a comma, so he donated a bunch... He put a bunch of money on his dad's jail tab, pretty much, you know? His dad's rich in jail, basically, is what he's saying. But yeah. just... You could analyze that paragraph alone for a fucking hour, which is why... And I don't know if you knew this, but this is why... This was the first non-jazz or classical album or work to earn a Pulitzer Prize for music. I was not aware of that. That's how good this fucking writing was. And it wasn't some weird Pulitzer Prize. Hey, we need to be relevant again. Well, what if we do a rap album? No, this is legit. This guy is fucking brilliant. He really is. Loyalty, the one with Rihanna on it. Mm -hmm. That funky old school vocoder yeah. almost like a nod to roger and zap pride okay 
there's something weird going on with his vocals that I don't like. If I, I found it distracting, I could I don't know the lyrics to Pride because I kept focusing on why is there this weird auto sweep going on like frequencies across his vocals where it gets like yeah. really high and nasally and then it goes down back low like yeah. it goes back and forth and I couldn't focus on what the hell he was saying. It's basically saying that he feels himself becoming apathetic to the same shit that he's had to go through himself or feels himself becoming apathetic to shit that he at one point remembers and he feels himself losing okay. touch which is basically. a really good lead in yeah. to humble yes i think it's a play on on how and i could totally be wrong on this but i think it's also a play on when you are a certain level of class or poverty or whatever you want to call it people expect you to want and like and do mm-hmm. certain things and i feel like in this song if you listen to the lyrics he's kind of saying that it's that's fucking stupid yeah he's a down-to-earth person or trying to be at yeah, least i appreciate that i don't know that i have a whole lot more other than you know there's a track on here that i totally thought it would be like a post malone track <laughs> love okay love when that started, I was like, ooh, I, I was just waiting for like some heavily vocoded post Malone. <laughs> I don't know, something. Triple X, again, another one of my favorite lines. Again, he reaches for his faith, but then he also just kind of stays on topic. You know, Hail Mary, Jesus, and Joseph. The great American flag is wrapped and dragged with explosives, compulsive disorder, sons and daughters, barricade blocks and borders. Look what you taught us. Yeah, that's good. Education and indoctrination is people getting so worked up about. Yeah, I'm going to try not to dive into like a whole other (laughs) thing. But what we teach our kids and the information that we're all brought up with, we have a certain understanding. And and what is it reflecting? I'm going to not dive into. But (laughs) we're sent a certain message and we're sent a certain story, a certain narrative in school, and I think this is this is one of the things that he hammers home over and over and over again, too. We're taught a very mm-hmm. biased narrative in American history, and I think it's something that all of us should be very cognizant of. This is one, like, folks, honestly, if you haven't taken the time to really soak in what Kendrick Lamar is saying, go put on damn. He, he matches his message to the instrumentals gotcha like it it sets the mood before he even opens his mouth yeah and i think that's really important should we move to awards and categories let's do some awards because i'm yeah i got a few ready i don't have a worse review every single bad review on amazon was about the collector's vinyl so i don't know what that is i won't get into it i have the vinyl i have the double vinyl and it plays amazing on my record player. But apparently there was a vinyl that came out that was a different color and it was a bad thing. So those huh. are all the bad reviews. Fine Wine or Skunk Beer Award, what you got? It's kind of down the middle. I want to say Fine Wine, but some of it's so topical. Mm. Maybe not, not. Okay. The topics, unfortunately, will probably remain. So it'll, it'll be relevant in that regard. Interesting. The themes and subject, unfortunately, will probably remain 
even though as yeah. a society, I feel we're working on it. That's an interesting point though, because I had this as a definite fine wine. I think this is one of the best rap albums of the last 10 years. For and sure. And I thought it was a no brainer, but what you said is that's interesting because you're right. There are a few things on this album that I would think that maybe younger people would they'll miss the reference not care what right? he's, like yeah it, it's not so much um, as, as i'm just gonna keep it to fine wine because do. for me myself i hope that it uh, i hope people keep listening to this never mind the bullocks award the only other album of his i've listened to is to pimp a butterfly it's different mm-hmm. and it's good i do like this album more it's not like damn is way, 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 way better than To Pimp a Butterfly. They're pretty equal. To Pimp a Butterfly is a little more, it's almost a little more creative. I mean, I think that you'd probably enjoy it, but I don't think it's a, I do not think this is a Nevermind the Bullocks album. And I don't know enough about any other album to say otherwise. This is really my first that I've listened to. John Paul Jones Award, I have nothing. I... Um, you didn't want to hear Joyner Lucas do like <laughs> get no him and Rihanna no. could have done it together. No, Sven, I'm good. No. I didn't, you know, I didn't. Need, I love Rihanna, and I didn't even really need her on this. I kind of thought it all could have just been Kendrick. Which, speaking of which, you know what I don't need is fucking Kid Capri shouting Kung Fu Kenny <laughs> randomly at the beginning of end of dude. The, <laughs> That's kind of, you know, we were talking about skits with rap albums. Yes. This is even worse. <laughs> it I it just, it it's, takes you out of it so much. And I yeah. fucking hate when <laughs> producers do this. I hate it. New shit. <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny. Ain't nobody yeah. praying for me. And it's Shut always the got that like up. the cheesiest like slapback delay, Ugh, cheesiest reverb delay, th- reverb. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I hate <laughs> it so much. Anyway, I digress. Uh, uh-huh. So I have, a, yeah, that's my <laughs> negative John Paul Jones word. Take Kid Capri the fuck out of this album. <laughs> you replay, <laughs> what, replay. Do you have anything? I don't know. Like Donald Glover is that his name? Donald. The, um, yeah. Troy from Troy and Abed, you know, um, like Donald Childish Gambino. Childish Gamb, thank you. Just use his freaking statement. Yeah. Childish Gambino. Not necessarily on this whole album, but I would love to see what I the could two see of them could create on this. together. Fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, just as Damn, far as that's a good one. Holy shit! As far as well topical done, songs that anyone that doesn't know Childish Gambino, you should go listen. Glover is way more of a unique, inventive artist. And yeah. Kendrick is very old school fucking Compton rapper. Those yeah. two, you're right. They could come up with something fucking, man, yeah. man, that's like, a good one, Sven. Well just, done. Like if they put out a single that. John Popper Award. Do you have a I best John hook? John Popper. I, you know, maybe Humble. <laughs> the chorus yeah. to. I think I'm yeah. going to have to go with Humble. The whole bitch, sit bitch down. be humble. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. So <laughs> yeah. good. Mine is the chorus of Element. There are words in the chorus I can't say. So, in the widest way possible, <laughs> I'll say, I enjoy what he discusses he will do while also looking sexy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love very, that. But very delicate <laughs> like surgery that, that you just performed. The, on yeah. Those lyrics. That chorus is so. <laughs> good though oh my god eddie van halen award i just said the whole 
second verse of DNA, which we talked about, when it yeah. actually sounds like the beat is almost Damn. battling him. And I've he's never doing the wanted whole... a subwoofer in my vehicle again. So I used to have one back in the day, and then I grew up and had kids, and you don't do that kind of stuff when you have. But seriously, I was just you... oh, where, and I have it in my garage. I was like, oh, I could hook up this twelve-inch dual voice coil sub, and I still have the Sony amp for it. Just take me an afternoon and. And then my kids would have nowhere to sleep, and then my truck died. So Kids are overrated, though. Kids are. So are working transmissions, apparently. Surfer Rosa Award. I actually really do like how much calmer the second half is. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just so Southern California. But I do think that this album is pretty top-heavy for me. Yeah? Maybe it was intentional. I don't know, but the first half of this album, I'm getting so fucking pumped. And then the second half, I'm it's almost not a letdown, but it's, I don't know. I, like I, the I just don't. I like the end. And for, not that I don't like the middle, but to me, it, yeah, it's like a reverse bell curve. Uh, Time of Your Life Award. Do you have a worst track on this album? Well, not anymore. I got to go listen to Blood again because apparently the end of that going into <laughs> DNA is like, because that would have been it, but I my didn't God. know about the Fox yeah. News clip and everything because no. I skipped. You got to listen to it. Maybe that should still be my worst one because like, I mean, if I have to wait a minute and a half to get to the good shit and your track's only two minutes, like not even You know, a it surprises me that you don't like the beginning of Blood though because it's such a 60s... I mean, it's like a temptations-y yeah. kind of chill yeah i just got bored really f- i just I, I was just i i felt like i just just listen to it again god damn it mine is love that song just bored me it's just boring and dumb and boring that's that that's all i got yeah um three best yeah. songs on the album Sven. what do you got all of them I have to pick three. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> okay, it can't be. It can't be off. Um, okay, it's gonna go humble. Mm. Then triple X mm. is my number two, and then DNA. Mm. Holy fuck, dude! DNA is so good. It's all good. Um, we're very similar. My number three mm. is Pride. I love the journey Pride takes you. My number two uh-huh. is DNA, and my number one is Humble. Yeah. Very, very, we're very, very similar. And Humble, I, I mean, on Spotify, it was the only one that had like a million and a half views or something. It was like crazy amounts more. Yes. Um, so yeah. I remember when I first heard this album, it was probably about five years ago or so. I was in North Carolina and I was a contractor doing this stuff for Amazon logistics and I was listening to a shit ton of music because that was, I could listen to music the whole fucking night. And, but I didn't pay attention to what was popular. Mm-hmm. I was just working with a lot of black people and mm-hmm. everybody told me to <laughs> listen to this listen album. To this, yeah. Without knowing that that was the most popular song on the album, I couldn't stop fucking listening to it. So there's a reason. Mm. Yeah. Um, who won the album? I just said that rap won the album. It took this album for me anyway for rap to really be taken seriously again but i think in general i think people are paying more attention there's more conscious rap i guess yeah we can call it yeah he is such a a breath of fresh air to the genre i'm gonna say that dave free won this album because he got a creative director management photography and producer credit wow 
Nobody else has that many credits to their name, including Kendrick Lamar doesn't have that many credits on his own damn album. So Dave <laughs> Free, whoever the fuck you are, you look you just got the biggest grin on your like profile picture. <laughs> just yeah, like you are just the All happiest right. motherfucker. I like it. <laughs> um I kinda wanna be you. There you go. Rate this album. I gave this album eight out of ten. Nobody's praying for Kendrick Lamar's which wow he says that a lot on this which i love nothing against it (laughs) i do love this album i do feel that it drags at times which is why it's an eight out of ten that doesn't take away from the brilliance of it if i was judging this solely on the lyrics or the poetry of it or whatever you want to call it it'd be a fucking 11 out of 10 what do you got Sven? i'm i'm gonna give it a 108 out of 117 bottle rockets that's good that's very good, actually. That's that's Thanks. higher than I gave it. Thank you. I want. I, I mean, I feel like I need to thank you to introducing me to. Well, I mean, of it's not like I didn't know who Kendrick Lamar was, but I didn't have the focus to sit down and educate myself. Now you know, you know, you know. So that's it for this week. We are done. We did the Avit Brothers and Kendrick Lamar, and that was a fun one. I really enjoyed doing. Damn. What if they did an album together? <laughs> Hurts so bad. I'm not. Sit down, bitch. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) That's our tagline. Hurts so bad. Sit down, bitch. I like it. That is the perfect segue into our into our episode for next week with Doctor Charles Corey. (laughs) I'm sorry, Doctor Charles. Join us next week. Sorry, Chuck. When we do the coolest thing that we've done so far right really we've done some cool things but next week we talk to dr charles corey who is the curator for the instrumentarium for harry parch Uh. and if you don't know what that means if you don't know who harry parch is now you'll know you have one week to start researching (laughs) and you're gonna need a week you're gonna need so much more than that but it is fascinating conversation dr Corey is just a delightful awesome human who is just so easy to talk to i'm so proud of that episode i really am so join us next week when we learn who harry parch was Versecourseverse.com at versecourseversepod. That's our Instagram. Join us there. We're always on it. We're always doing stuff. Thank you to everybody who listens and writes and emails and Instagrams, yeah. artists, listeners, everybody. We love you guys. We're just having so much fun with this and it's getting bigger and we're just so happy. We will catch you next week on the Harry Parch side of things. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Right by your side